This week on the Encouragers United podcast, I visit the studios of WNPQ, The Light 95.9 FM in Canton, Ohio, to speak with a good friend and former colleague, Susie Thomas. Susie reminds us that we have a choice on what we focus on in life and that this definitely will affect how we see the circumstances we face. And we see what we focus on. And you can, you can turn the focus onto everything bad and let that feed you, or look for, where is God's blessing in this? Where is God's blessing in this? Focus, turn that dial and focus in, let the rest blur out and focus in on Him. Susie Thomas, a public relations consultant and Christian radio talk show host, credits her simple Northeast Ohio upbringing and supportive family for her positive and high-energy mindset. A wife, mother, and grandmother, Susie's energy, work ethic, and zeal for life outpaces others even half her age. And although she started her career as an elementary school teacher, she quickly realized that her gifts and talents lie in a more extroverted and creative career. She's one of the first graduates of Regent University and has worked for most of her adult life promoting and highlighting the stories of others through marketing and public relations. But her aha moment came as a high school age cheerleader alone on a basketball court with a choice to look to the positive and to seek to praise God in all situations. Susie, this is a pleasure. I'm here at the studio, WMPQ, The Light 95.9. And Susie, you are one of the most exciting and high-energy, enthusiastic people I know. I am so honored to talk to you today. But where do you get your energy? Tell us where (laughs) where in the world do you get your energy? Tell us a little bit about your background, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, Sure. Background. Well, I'm a local girl. We spent maybe the first three years of my life at a farm, which most people don't remember the first three years of their life, but I truly do. And my grandparents uh, owned a farm on Kenyon Road out in Newman, in the Newman area, and a century farm back then. So this thing is like 200 years old now. I had just a wonderful time of living a farm, little farm girl life. I just, you know, the running in the meadows. I've got just such great memories of going down to the, walking down with, you know, someone, a grandpa or someone, and, you know, throwing rocks into the river. And, you know, just, it was a beautiful, beautiful way to start. And it's because my father was in the military and my mom was just had, they were, had been married maybe the year before. And then she had me a year later and living with her parents at their farm. And she was starting speech and hearing therapy programs around the area. Nobody heard of speech and hearing therapy before. So she was having to go into public schools and talk them into having a speech and hearing therapy program. And so while she was off doing that, I rolled a roost. I had two grandparents bringing me up, you know, I mean, there's nothing better. So you can't go wrong when you share your birthday with your grandfather, okay. September 21st. And on September 21st of any given month, he will call you up and say, hey, it's the 21st of June. It's our month of birthday. Grandma's making a cake. Let's, you know. So I really had it great with four people feeding me, you know, encouragement. Oh, 
from the great. get-go. Yeah. So that was the very, very beginning, and I truly just have wonderful memories of that farm. Then we moved to Maslin and lived very near the historic district. We were on 5th Street. 4th Street is that historic district. Okay, yep. And, um, you know, great, great memories of that. Then my parents moved, moved us to Lake Cable, which, talk about an idyllic childhood, you know, and we just kind of figured that life was always like this. Everyone had this beautiful lake in their backyard that froze early in the winter, and you could just go ice skating at any time, and, you know, you had a beach within a stone's throw. So it was a great, great way to grow up. And it's funny that you call me a cheerleader because that anybody that graduated or went to high school with me, they still say, oh, you were that Jackson cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, so, so you're a Jackson High School grad? Yes. Yeah. And, and yes, was a Jackson High School cheerleader. Awesome. Back before they did the phenomenal things yeah, they do sure. today. Yeah. yeah. We did not do 80 backflips. You know, we, we just didn't do that. Well, but your voice was, was much more important back then. You know, I, voice, I, I, yeah. And not to take away from today's cheerleaders, but the voice was certainly important, you know, back then. Absolutely. Voice, we had to do some gymnastics, but it really was encouraging. It was encouraging the team. Back when Jackson teams were not winning every game, Mm. it was a much more depressing time in uh, polar bear sports. So, you know, we really were, it was necessary to do those little things like decorate their lockers and, you know, feed the team on Friday nights, you know, create big spaghetti dinners for yes, them and yes. those kinds of things just to let them know they were appreciated. All their hard work was appreciated. Absolutely. So I guess that's been built in all the way through yeah, from and, others. Because that's what others. I see in you. And, and of course, in our time as co-workers at Malone, yes, yes. Uh, I just saw you as, a, and, and I mean that in the best of ways, sometimes the uh, you know, I've been called a cheerleader as well. Yes. And sometimes that can have a derogatory, you know, oh, sort of negative. But, <laughs> but no, I, what I mean by that is now you, I, I consider you a person that has sort of taken that and made it your life's calling. Your career wow. now was well, based. Now, tell us how you got into public relations and mm. telling people stories. And in essence, figuratively, metaphorically, decorating people's lockers for a living. I'm, I'm going to take you back to a story that I just now thought of this. This was not prepared. There was a definitive moment in my life. And it was, you know, when you are a cheerleader, you are sort of out there in the public eye. You're, you're seen. You can't go to a pep rally and not be seen because you're out there on the floor. Maybe my, I think it was our first year over at the high school, which would have been sophomore year because we went 7th, 8th, and 9th over to Sauter, and then 10th, 11th, 12th at um, JMHS. So there we were, and it was homecoming weekend. No, it it was leading up to homecoming weekend, and they were announcing who was up for Queen and Court. First year in high school, all the cheerleaders lined up in the in the gymnasium, you know, and we're standing at attention while they're going to start calling out the names of everybody who is nominated. Right. One by one, every single cheerleader's name was called except one. Oh, no. Yours truly. Oh. Missed it by one point. Oh. And a teacher told me afterwards, we knew you would be the kind of person who wouldn't want us to fudge it. So we knew you would not want us to call your name if you had actually missed it by one point. And I'm thinking, wow. are you kidding? Of course I would want you to fudge it. <laughs> Who wants to stand I'm there all by themselves? In high school, yeah. Exactly. I'm a sophomore. Nobody knows me yet. And here I am standing here all by myself on this. That gymnasium floor never looked bigger or more empty than when one little 15 year old is standing there all by yourself. Wow. 
and I and I knew at that moment I had a choice to make. I could pray that the floor opened up and swallowed me, or I could realize that I had that entire gym floor all to myself, and I could go crazy. <laughs> and that's the route I went. I remember thinking to myself, why should I let this spoil my day? Yes. Why should I let any anybody else's mood spoil my day? Absolutely. And it was a definitive, and I would say I was like 15, 16 years old, a definitive moment. So no one has ever jumped or flipped or tumbled more than I did at that moment on that floor, which I had all to myself. As the sole the cheerleader. The sole cheerleader. Yeah. It yeah. was up to me to carry the day wow. for the rest of that pep rally. Yes. For the rest of that pep rally wow. by myself. And it was, I can even go back to that time if I'm having kind of like a, oh, that didn't go the way I wanted it. I can remember that moment and think, wait a minute, or is this an amazing opportunity? Yes. So oh, wow. yeah. that was that was definitive. I think that was from God. I'm not that smart, and I and I was certainly not that mature. So I think that was. I, I will take you that. That's where absolutely yeah. I, that was a life changing moment. Right it, there. You made a choice. Yep. You yeah. said I do have a choice here. So then tell me what happened after high school. You went to college. I did. You went... Oh, you said, how yeah. did I get into yeah. PR? Oh, because I was terrible at teaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, was, I went to Miami University. I was a, um, a young education major, so focusing on like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you know, the early years. And, Which uh, seemed like the right fit. Sure. A lot of energy. You would think. A wonderful childhood to reflect upon. Absolutely. Yeah, and a wonderful school system in your upbringing. I, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so loved it. So it set you up. And came home, graduated, um, got, a, got a job at Northwest and teaching second grade. Northwest, my first year out of school. And <laughs> they ate me alive. Mm. <laughs> so what was the, was, what would you say now in hindsight was your weakness at that point? Oh, I would go in trying to pep everybody up, but we're going to have a great time today. And you don't do that to eight-year-olds or yep. you have to go in calmly and you have to kind of just set the stage and, and keep things under control. Yeah, you and but I, I both. I, oh. I think, and just a real quick story for yeah, our listeners, go. I had the exact same experience. <laughs> so I was an education major, yes. physical education, actually. So I'm even more pronounced. That was up, my first major. You know, wow, we're going to have such a great time. I did one of the field experiences, never even got through like the third year. Yeah. Went to the one of the field experiences in a, in a, you know, a city school in Kalamazoo, Michigan, in fact, uh, Western Michigan University grad. So go Mid-American Conference, right? <laughs> and they ate me alive. I, I'm trying to yeah. teach volleyball or some other thing. And, and you have to be sort of a, uh, th it's not just uh, it pronounced energy and enthusiasm. And, you know, th those kids back then, and, you know, even now more so today, uh, they just wrote me off. They were like, I'm not listening to this guy. Who's, yeah. who's this Yahoo? So I wasn't very organized. And, and I just, just I, I came back from that it. experience about seven weeks in college and said, I, I can't do this. Yeah. Oh, I cried every day. Mm. I would be crying every day on my way in. And then I heard somebody say, oh, you're not supposed to smile until Christmas. Well, I didn't <laughs> know that. Uh, no one told me that. Miami education classes didn't include that. Yeah, I got them all souped up. And oh, my goodness, that was just, it was awful. I mean, we took them on a field trip to the canal, and I had a kid jump in. 
Oh, no. Jump in, and I'm having to form a human chain with my mother volunteers to pull this kid out. And and I walked down to the principal's office and said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I won't be back next year. Interestingly enough, uh, that year that I, okay, here goes age revelation. That year that I was teaching was 77, 78. So that January was the blizzard of 78, the great blizzard mm. of 78. My grandmother lived with us, and I you know, was off like the whole month of January practically. So I would go down to her little apartment that was built on, and we would watch the 700 Club together. And they started talking about this new school that they were opening up in the fall, CBN University in Virginia Beach. I thought, A, Virginia Beach sounds awesome. Sounds really good. And sure, why not? You know, that would be fun. To be part of CBN would be fun. To be part of something that's starting brand new, first year ever, graduate school, that sounds exciting. And they were talking about preparing people to do things like go into news broadcasting, go into Mm. children's programming. And I thought, all right. If I can write a lesson plan, I can write a children's show script. Absolutely. And so I applied. They were going to be offering two full scholarships. So I applied for that. I had a little tiny money saved up. I wasn't going to be hearing who got that fellowship until after I had to sign my contract to come Mm. back the next year. So there was the bird in the hand. I could, you know, even though I went to the principal and said, I'm done, I'm not coming back, <laughs> there was still that contract that I could sign and go back the next year, or I could absolutely waive that, go out on faith Step with absolutely yeah. nothing certain, and hope that I got one of two fellowships to be able to afford graduate school. And a lot of prayer went into that, and I did not sign my contract. I waited a week, and I heard back that I had gotten one of the two fellowships to have a full ride at Regent, plus a little honorarium to live on. Wow. So that... What a blessing. It was an incredible blessing. So got to be part of that. And I would say that's how I kind of worked my way into PR. It's a convoluted little path, but um, graduated with a degree in communications, came back went straight to Channel 25 and got hired writing little children's programming snippets that would air in between Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, right? Right in between there. Then they opened up Channel 67 in town. So that was a nicer drive than driving up to Brecksville Road every day. So I could just go over to Fulton Drive, Channel 67. They needed somebody to do their children's program. They needed someone to do their PR and... Oh, by the way, and this was how things worked when they first went on the air, because they were just first going on the air. It was like, oh, Susie, we need somebody to host the cartoons. Get in there. That's how (laughs) that went. Yes, go on in and just host the cartoons. So that ended up becoming Sailing Susie's Fun Times Club. And I don't know if you remember PM Magazine, but that's what that turned into. We made it a PM Magazine for kids. So we would go to SeaWorld, and we'd show them behind the scenes of SeaWorld. And we would go locally to, um, 
you know, the Frisian horses farm or, you know, those kinds of cool, cool things. A friend of mine, her husband is a rock star, and Dan Fogelberg, he was going to be playing with Dan Fogelberg at Blossom. We got to go up to Blossom and talk to Dan Fogelberg and all of his band members about, but from a kid's point of view. What made, what made you so interested in music and how hard did you have to practice and all those kinds of little kid kind of questions that you would that kids would want to know. And so, I mean, what an experience. It was just so much fun. I should say that in between all this time, I got married and had my first baby, which was really easy to just take him along to all these sure, things. Yeah. And then when I found out the second baby was on the way, realized I wasn't going to be able to do this with two because... You can't. So that's when I resigned from, you know, I retired from my illustrious television <laughs> career. And but just what c- a great launch. It, oh, it was you know, so fun. It made you visible. People could see your work, you it know, was so and fun. you, you, and I'll just throw this in. Uh, boy, that Miami experience was not wasted, right? You had the right. context, the pedagogy, so to speak, the teaching background to say, yes. I'm good at pumping kids up and getting them excited about things. And the Lord used you to do that every day. I should say how fun that you noticed that because mm-hmm. I was invited back to Canal Fulton Elementary the year after, once the Fun Times Club was on TV. And so there I was, my second graders were now like more into like what, sixth grade or something. And there I was at an assembly with all the same kids where I was being, it was okay for me to get That's them right, pumped up. exactly. That you was were, okay then. You were called in yes. for that. I was not, in, not yeah. in trouble with the principal anymore. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Yeah, you just see how God works things all full yeah. circle. It is, it's really fun. Well, after taking, I stayed home with the babies until they were uh, going off to uh, school. And they, you know, while I was doing that, I would do volunteer work and so forth. And because I had contacts in the media, I always ended up being the PR chairman of everything. So I could just kind of call up people and say, can we do this? And they were fine with it and we would get the coverage. So those relationships were came in very handy. So once the children went off to school, or we had and we're one, talking about Jake and Seth. Jake and right? Seth. Your two sons, Jake and Seth Thomas. Wonderful young men. Thank yep. you. Love them to pieces. Seth would have been going into second grade. Jake would have been starting kindergarten. And I see that Malone University is needing a PR person. So I thought, well, I I could do that. And so threw my hat in the ring and got it. So that was so I got to do PR. Now the plan was never to stay for 25 years. Yes. <laughs> but you know, time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. So, Let's just talk a little, very briefly here, but what are some of the highlights of your time at Malone? You, you know, for I'll start mm. the, and it was this was probably later in your career, but uh, you and I worked very closely on the transition from Malone College to Malone University. That was and I was so happy to to mm-hmm. see you and excited to catch your vision, in essence, for Thank the branding you. and the communication of that brand and the, the transition of our logos, even from an athletic standpoint. And, you know, so what, what, what are some of the... Yes, I'd absolutely. Worked on a mascot. Yeah. What are some of the other highlights from your time at Malone? Just the, the... We got to be there. It's such a, I will say the heyday, um, the centennial, the centennial yeah. celebration from, uh, which would have been in 1992 because yep. Malone founded in 1892. So it's very fun to go back into the research of what was it like to be one of those first students at Cleveland Bible College? And I thought, I know these people. I know what they went through. Yeah, I was were, a first student. You were student. a first student at Regent. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I should say CBN University yeah, CBN became, Regent, yeah. became Regent University. So 
I could relate to them and I could write it from that perspective. So it was fun to write that historical piece for the centennial. Yeah, we went through a lot of inaugurations. We went through um, another really exciting time was when not the fact that he was retiring, but when Dr. Johnson retired, Mm, we got to, uh, Howard and I were just talking about this the other day. Howard Taylor was the VP for advancement and we got to put together and host one of the best retirements I think I've ever attended. It was just so, it was so community oriented and it spotlighted Dr. Johnson's contribution from being a student to being a professor to being the provost to being the president and yeah, that it, amazing yeah it, it was 35 to 40 years if I'm not mistaken so a, a long time of yep. service and relationship with the with the university so with the university yeah. and his understanding of how important it was for the university to be a good neighbor to the rest yeah. of the community so that was and who better to do that than a person from the community well, like yourself well, uh, who's grown up here and could and knew part of that story. So it, what it a was, wonderful, um, yeah, what those, a wonderful thing. Those stand out. Um, of course, having my kids go there was like eking out four extra years of their lives. So I could yes. kind of peek in on their college experience without trying to be, you know, that helicopter parent. But yes. kind of peek in and still go to their stuff. And Wendy and I have done this the exact same thing. We're we're finishing that up here pretty quick here. It's like an extra four years that a lot of my friends didn't get. So let's uh, shift to the modern day now. What are you doing with your time these days? I know you're always busy, uh, on the go. But tell us some of the projects and exciting things you're involved with now. Well, it was, you know, about five years ago now when Malone offered a buyout and our children were done. Seth and his family were going to be moving into town with our grandchildren. Mm. And I had been really looking for an exit strategy because I thought, I've done my, my work here is done. Yeah. And I felt like the dust had settled as far as all the different president shifts and changes. So I was kind of thinking, all right, what's next? And they offered that buyout. So jumped on that. And so did Howard Taylor at the same time, um, the vice president, and had some very, very gratifying offers thrown my way. But when Howard said, you know, why don't you just come on board with Rediger Taylor Group, which is his consulting firm, that seemed like the perfect fit. So through Rediger Taylor Group, under that umbrella, and then I had always done some volunteer work for the pregnancy center in town. So what I'm officially currently doing, most of my time is spent as the in-house consultant for Pregnancy Choices, which is the Pregnancy Support Center of Stark County, which oversees Pregnancy Choices, it oversees Evo Women's Clinic, and it oversees Akron Pregnancy Services. So those three entities are keeping me hopping. Oh, yeah. Then I get to do radio here uh, daily, 9.30 in the morning uh, at WNPQ um, with... uh, you know, doing the our community program, and then I get to write for our. We're back living at Lake Cable again. Okay. So I get to write for our nice little neighborhood magazine called Lake Living. Those those things, getting to kind of pull it all together, still using the communication degree yeah, as well. I so appreciate that, and and you'd rather wear out than rust out, right? That's my motto. Yep. I love hearing Absolutely. someone else say yeah. that. Yes. We'd rather we'd rather wear, wear out, out than, than rust, rust out. out. Uh, think back. Tell us what you were doing as a twenty-year-old young mm. woman. Mm and maybe some advice that you would give that young lady today. 
I would tell her stay the course. Uh, I was fortunate to meet the Lord at a very early age and really pray that my life is a song of praise to him. Mm. There is such power in praise. And I would want that 20-year-old to know that. Stay the course. There is power in praise. When things are going terrible, just remember when that. You're not, when you're the only one that didn't get picked. When you're right? the one on that floor <laughs> in the gymnasium, just just look at the opportunity to to serve God somehow in this way. And we really are cameras when you think of it. I hate to go back to the old mm-hmm. TV analogy, but we're, we're cameras, and we see what we focus on. And you can, you can turn the focus onto everything bad and let that feed you, or look for where is God's blessing in this? Where is God's blessing in this? Focus, turn that dial and focus in. Let the rest blur out and focus in on him. And that's what I would tell that 20-year-old. Wonderful. Hey, tell us what, what inspires you today. Some, what are you listening mm. to? What are you reading? Give us some recommendations for the high-energy input and I'm output that you have. I'm embarrassed about what I'm reading right now and because I, I don't know how to pronounce it. What is the – help me pronounce it. Any, any – Enneagram. Any. Yes. Yes, of <laughs> that's, course. Okay. That's what I'm reading right now. Um, and have you self-identified with a particular number? I'm, no. I'm fairly literate. Many of our listeners would probably be familiar with uh, okay. this. Personality typing. It's it's personality a, yeah. typing. I'm all over the map. Yeah. I can't find anything of those three main areas that match. Yeah. So um, I, well, I think I need to do it better. Where are you at in your exploration? Just That's an interesting uh, resource for people. Uh, where are you at? A couple of ones. A couple of sixes, so, which don't yeah. go together. Yeah. So it's it's um, I can see where you know I'm going to try to you know between right and wrong I'm going to try and choose right between life and death I'm going yeah. to choose life you sure. know hopefully yeah. then uh, you know but it's the how relating to other people and maybe this is my guess because I do try not to be self focused I've always you know again we're happier when we're not thinking about ourselves. I've always kind of tried to dial into what the person I'm with, what's their personality style, mm-hmm. and then mesh with that. And I'm wondering if after a lifetime of this, I'm all over the map. Yeah. So I, it's my only explanation. An encourager, I think, has that ability to come alongside someone. And, and certainly is you're very sensitive and you have a feeler mentality, in essence, to sense how they're doing and, and to hopefully be used by God to inspire them and to oh. exhort them and to br- build them up. Build so, them up. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the key. And so, yeah, well, I would encourage you with that journey. Thank the you. Enneagram is awesome. I'm, I'm Wendy and I both are, are fans. It okay. uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, <laughs> sacred, historical yes. kind of reflection upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that interaction is really neat. And uh, in fact, I hope to integrate some of that into the podcast awesome. for future, um, you know, listening Last thing here, how can folks get in touch with you? Oh. If someone's been inspired and said, wow, I need to talk to Susie, how could they get in touch with you? Probably best way would be uh, through the radio station, and it would be Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, at thelight959.com. Susie, this has been a wonderful pleasure. I encourage you, uh, love you, and appreciate all that you've done. Keep at it, young lady. Uh, I'm right I appreciate, back at you, Charlie yeah. Grimes. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It's been great to talk to you. You too. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening today. You know, I'm interested in your feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes. We have a Facebook group called Encouragers United. Please feel free to join that group and the conversation. You can also email me at charlesrgrimes at gmail.com. Another great way to help me would be to recommend a high-energy, positive-minded person that you know to check out the group and to begin to listen to our show. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Encouragers United podcast with Charles R. Grimes. For more information and to connect with optimistic, enthusiastic leaders all over the world, be sure to search for Encouragers United on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, or visit our website, charlesrgrimes.com.